Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God from Galatians 1. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. This is God's word. So I've set it as my goal here on Wednesday evenings to preach through the book of Galatians. And I'm not going to do that like they do in some churches where... There's a type of preaching that's called expository preaching. Basically, that's where the preacher takes a chunk of the scriptures. It can be a chapter. It can be just a few verses. But he basically goes through it verse by verse and talks about those verses and just moves progressively through the book or through the section or through whatever he's aiming to preach on. I'm not going to quite do it like that. I'm going to take... A chunk here and a chunk there. So chapter one this week and chapter two next week and just look at it as one large picture and highlight some of the more important themes in each of those chapters. But I do hope by focusing in on one book like this that it will maybe give you a little bit better perspective and understanding of a certain book of the Bible. So let me just introduce the book of Galatians to you. Written, of course, as you are introduced to in chapter one. By St. Paul, who writes to the churches in Galatia. Now, Galatia would have been in modern-day Greece. Um, would have been one of the. It would have been a Greek-speaking area. And when when Paul visited these different cities, and he would go to. Uh, uh, you know, all throughout the ancient world and be going with the gospel to reach out to the Gentiles, it would be inevitable that in all these ancient cities that he would encounter people of a Jewish background, like himself. There had been, over the 700 years previous to the ministry of Jesus Christ and then the apostles, the people of Israel had been spread all throughout the ancient world and scattered. Some of them did go back to live in Jerusalem and live in Judea and live in the promised land of old. But many of them remained scattered in little pockets throughout the ancient cities of the world. So often what would happen is when a missionary, Paul or Peter or James or John or Andrew or Matthew or whoever that missionary might be would go into a city, they would connect up with the Jews in that place. They'd go to the synagogue in that place. And throughout Galatia, the region of Galatia, where there were a number of churches, we know there was, there was a heavy Jewish influence. In fact, we learn in the book of Galatians that there was a group of people that came to be known as the Judaizers. They were a people, a faction within the Christian church that were taking elements of old Judaism and trying to force it upon the new Christian converts who were of Gentile background. And the issue that was of main concern for Paul in Galatia was the matter of circumcision. Now, circumcision was required under the old covenant, the old 
promise God had made to Israel. It was commanded that a male, when he was eight days old, was to be circumcised. And any person who was brought into the nation of Israel from being an outsider, that male would then also need to be circumcised to become one of God's people. What the Judaizers among the Galatians were teaching was that the new Galatian men converts to Christianity, they all had to be circumcised in order to be considered part of the people of God. In other words, what Paul will lay out throughout this book, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's going to be a theme we're going to repeat over the next several chapters. What Paul is going to establish is that you cannot take the gospel of Jesus Christ and add works to it. Because the minute you add your works, your efforts, your following of the law, it's no longer the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is, Paul says, a different gospel. Not that there really is another gospel. It's a perversion of the good news that God has given to his people. And so that's the theme of Galatians chapter 1, that there are many, many different gospels, and yet there is really only one gospel. We use this sort of language in other ways. It's very common in what we call this postmodern age, this secular age, for people to talk about my truth and your truth. As though there can be a bunch of different truths that contradict one another and don't fit with one another and are at odds with one another. For example, one person may say, I believe Jesus is the way to heaven. That may be my truth. Another person may say, I believe Allah and his prophet Muhammad are the way to heaven. That's their truth. And another might say, I believe that God sent his angel Moroni through Joseph Smith to reveal the completion of God's word. And that's the truth. No, they can't all be the truth. There is, of course, one truth. And everything else is falsehood. Yet it doesn't stop the world from proclaiming that there are indeed all kinds of different truths out there. The same can be said of gods, can't it? We know that there are all sorts of gods that people have, but they are false gods. We know from the Ten Commandments that we can make a god out of all sorts of different things. Out of money, out of popularity, over approval, out of a family, out of uh, uh, our house, out of our possessions, our retirement. All these things can become idols, things that we worship. They are effectively gods. But they're false ones. There is really only one God. God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit, three persons, yet one God, the true God. That's the sort of situation that Paul is setting before us today. The word gospel means good news. The word gospel means a message of comfort and hope and peace and salvation found in Jesus Christ. 
That, of course, is the good news, that Christ Jesus died and has risen from the dead and ascended to his Father's right hand and will come again in glory on the last day. Thanks be to God. That is the good news, the gospel. And yet, the world will continually try to either set another gospel in place of that one or pervert it. Paul in chapter 1 sets himself before us as an example. He calls himself one who was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. The funny thing about Paul is that he desired, above all things, to be a faithful Jew. To be a faithful child of God. And yet in so doing, he set up before himself his own works, his own holiness, his own perfection, which turned out to be no good, not perfect, and insufficient. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. They're only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Certainly among the early church, if anyone was to be considered beyond salvation, It was St. Paul. And yet as St. Paul famously calls himself in another one of his letters, he saw himself as the chief of sinners, the worst of all sinners, and yet God in his grace saved him. You see, that is the beauty of the gospel, the one true gospel is that no one is beyond repair. No one is beyond saving. No one is incapable of being covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. The gospel of God's grace, the grace of Christ that the Galatians were turning from toward a different gospel, that grace was even for Paul and therefore It's even for you. It should, dear friends in Jesus Christ, be of utmost importance for us as a church. If we are, in this present age, in this difficult age, where so many threats and evils are set against us and coming after us, if we are to remain the church of God, then it will only be by holding fast to this one gospel of Jesus Christ. That it is only him and his blood that can free the sinner. No efforts of man, no works of our own, 
No perfection we achieve for ourselves will ever be able to free the sinner. Only the perfect life, suffering, and death, and resurrection, and ascension, and return of Jesus Christ can be the one gospel. And when that is the one gospel, as Paul would remind the Galatians of, and as we will remind ourselves of, in that one gospel, all glory is given to Christ for his work, his perfection, his life, his death, his resurrection. And we know that every sinner finds a welcome Lord who receives him or her and who calls him or her by grace to preach his word. He who had set me apart before I was born, Paul says, called me by his grace. The grace of God runs deep, so deep that it washes over even you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.